Warning. Critique Revolve contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. I'm not joining your suicide squad. We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Waller said maybe you could help me out. You're stretching in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't... Stand down! I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission went more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. What is up, everybody? It is time once again for another Critique Revolve slash DC on RMD review. This time we'll be handling the new James Gunn film, The Suicide Squad. With me in the studio today is my hetero life mate, the one and only Ryan Denton. What is up? Today, um, if you guys are watching live on Twitch, thank you very much. We'll be doing these live on Twitch when we can. And if you're listening on the podcast channels, remember rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Now, this one for me is a a, a weird one because if we <laughs> kind of reflect back to what, like how this all came about. Yes. This has, like, the weirdest beginning of any, like, superhero-type thing ever. James Gunn was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Warner Brothers swooped in and said, do you want to do the Suicide Squad? David Ayer's like, I want my my part released. David Ayer's cut. David Ayer's cut. Restore the David Ayer's universe. James Gunn came in and said, I'll write this. I'll do this. Whatever. Fuck Marvel. Fuck Disney. All this other shit. Now, I, I mean, right? I yes, mean, that, yes. That is that, all, that is how this that's, all started. That, that is how this this evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got to a point where, because I, 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 let me preface this by saying I don't, I don't hate the first Suicide Squad. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. I think obviously there was some stuff that was left on the cutting room floor that probably would have made the movie better. That's besides the point. My thought process on this movie was I wanted it to fail. And let me preface why. Okay. Wait, this, this version, this version. Okay. I wanted it to fail because whatever it is about Marvel or DC movies in general is that the Marvel fans are this elitist fan who thinks that Marvel movies are the only way to create superhero movies. And they dog every other DC movie that's ever come out. And I didn't want to hear the bullshit of, oh, well, all they had to do is bring a Marvel director in to make a DC movie good. Yeah, yes. And and, 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 and and the funny thing is, uh, do you consider James Gunn a Marvel director or a guy they gave reins to? Did what he wanted to do, was successful, and now they can't do anything about him? Um <laughs> I, 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 yeah, exactly. And that, that but I, I just know how the, I know how the fanboys of Marvel are. They're like, oh, this is a Marvel director. Uh-huh. And that's why that's, that's why this movie is good. Or that's why that movie was good or blah, 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 blah. And in reality, I don't think that's the case. Cause if you look at some of the movies that James Gunn did before Marvel slither, you know, like a couple of like, they weren't, they they weren't your 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 Marvel type movies. So no no no. The, the, he is not a Marvel type director, and I think you see this in this version of the Suicide Squad. The the, the best thing about this going forward, as I, I I think I initially told you that that I wanted this movie to bomb, right? And then as they kept releasing things, right, like mm-hmm. releasing cast members and releasing you know trailers and stuff, and I and the more and more I watch it, I'm like, man, I think this is going to be good, and and the more that they started, you know, doing character teases and, and stuff. And I was like, man, I, I, I don't see this being bad. And, and, and then I started to kind of shift and get excited about the movie because the thing about Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad comics is they're very unique. 
Task Force X is a very unique team. Huh? It's not always the same characters. Some characters die. It's it's always and and I think the overall outlook on the team is unique. And like one of my favorite favorite animated movies is Assault on Arkham, mm-hmm. which is Task Force X. So there's so many cool cool things that they 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 have the opportunity to do with the Suicide Squad. And and the more they started releasing that stuff, the more I got excited. And when they said Idris Elba was going to be and I was like son of a bitch, dude. Yeah, and, and so uh, let, let's let's get all that written directed by James Gunn, starring Eldr- uh <laughs> say his name for me as I choke on my tongue. Idris Elba. Thank you. Um Margot Robbie, John Cena, and 8,000 other people. Yeah, yeah. Um because that's what you needed. And um now like you said, your your expectations where you wanted it to fail, but then got a better kind of feel for it and, and wanted to see it succeed. Now, before we get into the actual review, we're in that weird random time of like, I don't know how to judge what a movie is successful at doing, because this was one of those things to where. We are now in the middle of the Delta variant. COVID 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Um, We have this whole Warner Brothers releasing dual to streaming and to the movie theater. Right. And then, you know, of course, everybody's just like, well, Black Widow, you know, you're always going to get the comparisons between the two different franchises, you know, the two different universes. Black Widow made all this money. Well, cool. Black Widow also cost $30 on Disney Plus. Yep. Um, so people probably went to the movie theater and it also was a different time, a different era. Like it and, also, and it's, it's weird to say like, and, and it's suicide squads rated R and it's also uh black widow means Jack shit in MCU universe. So well, no, I, I'm just saying like, cause you see, like if you go out and look at news articles yeah, based yeah, yeah. on this right now, they're saying, you know, a slow start, uh, you know, calling it a failure because it only made like maybe twenty six, twenty seven million dollars. Right. But but again, we're in a weird era of we don't know what it make, and it's like, how do you judge what is a good success? Because the box office doesn't exist anymore. No. You know, and streaming numbers don't necessarily come out instantaneously. So you know, the, the, it, it's weird to kind of like I, I wanted to throw that out there because you might be seeing if you're a listener and you haven't watched the movie yet. Or, you know, you're watching us on Twitch right now and you haven't watched the movie yet. You might be getting those little snippets from Twitter or Yahoo or wherever you're going for your entertainment type news saying that it's a failure. I don't I I, I wouldn't call this movie a a a failure just because it doesn't make money. There are fucking good movies out there that don't make any money. Some of our favorite movies in the world, like Dread, was a comic book movie, didn't make money. Me and Ryan could have butt fucked each other in the movie theater and nobody would have saw except the man in front of us because there was three people in the movie theater. And and I wouldn't have butt fucked him because the movie was so damn good I didn't want to stop watching it. So um But but, you know (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. But the the so the thing that the thing that I've noticed, so one of the things that I've paid attention to in the last couple weeks when Black Widow came out to Suicide Squad coming out, is I've seen way more people post about Suicide Squad. Than I have about Black Widow. Um, and again, I think that might have to do with HBO Max only costs like $14 a month. Exactly. Or it, it's included with so many different things like, you know, your HBO stream yep. and everything else that it's available to a lot more people to be critical of yeah. or to love. So now with this movie, we kind of. I, I, I want to say what they've done better than in the first movie is that this was the true like sense of a true suicide squad yeah that there was no well they're not gonna kill so-and-so they're not gonna kill so-and-so by the way we're just gonna we're, we're talking and so we're, we'll try to keep this spoiler free, we're gonna try guys this is gonna be difficult it, it's difficult with this kind of movie because you have to talk about some of the things that happen to progress through the storyline yep. so you know with this what james gunn did here was he gave more of a real suicide squad uh, you know, you were wondering what they were going to do with characters like Pete Davis and uh, Nathan Fillion, you know, all those different characters that they were brought out now. And, and, and guys, just to preface too, like in, in the books, the suicide squad, yes, they have their main components. You know, your Harley Quinn, your Deadshot, your, you know, your Captain Boomerang, but there are also characters that you've never fucking heard of. And that was the, I think that was James Gunn's whole entire 
thought process of putting this these team this team together right was to pick some characters that nobody's ever heard of and really lay it on thick mm-hmm. um i mean hell one of the fucking characters is a booster gold villain like and and i i can probably count on my hand how many people know who who booster gold is so that 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 was what what i really he's a superhero that's supposed to have a tv show for the last 17 years yeah the last 17 years well, you know, by the time he Blue has Beetle his, and Booster Gold are going to have a show. By the time he gets a show, it'll be it'll be Booster Gold's fucking time era. Um, <laughs> he's from the future, guys. Just FYI. Uh, so I I definitely like the idea, and I think one of the things that really drew me to that was the the, the weird, goofy characters that the Suicide Squad doesn't doesn't necessarily always have, but they do bring in, and I think that's like you said, this is more of a true. To the T Suicide Squad, I feel like the first movie was less of that and more of like, here's just a star-studded cast. A star-studded cast that they didn't want to risk anybody because there was only one character that was actually killed for going rogue. Yep. And I think one character, the only character. Yeah, Slipknot was the only character that actually died in this. That's because he didn't have whisker dues. Jesus. (laughs) Anybody gets that joke, I'll laugh. Um. And that's uh, and and that's what I was wondering going into this. And I figured with such a big cast that James Gunn had put out there, and some of the things you were wondering, who the hell was gonna survive? Yeah, because you're not dealing with like five people. You hear you're dealing with multiple people. Now the other thing, you know, when we we come into the this the story of it, you know, they're on a mission. By the government, and you know they they he did he wrote everything to a t as far as things that made sense um to the heart of what the squad is, yep, and you know you can tell that this man is obviously a fan of different type of characters, genres, and everything else because he went in and mixed all these different things in. another quote I can remember from him when he came out with this is like, I'm doing a war era movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and you definitely saw that in here as these characters that you may or may not know. And, and I think the, the beautiful thing about what happened in this movie is still don't know them. Nope. You don't have to know these people. And, and and this is a a weird question to kind of jump off with. As I was watching this, I was wondering, do we need Harley Quinn at all? Um, because Margot Robbie in that character has been like the steadfast for this yeah, no, universe. I, because it's not fucking Henry Cavill. It's not Jason Momoa. It's not sh- anybody else. Margot Robbie has more movies under her belt than ben. the rest of them at this point. Um, and, and, and I was watching it going, I wonder if he wrote this without her in it. And then, oh, she's available. She wanted in it. Because everybody seems to love James Gunn. And, and, and that she was in it. And I was like, wow, I could have got this movie with anybody and she didn't have to be in it for this movie to actually work. No, I, I, I agree other than the, the ending, but I, I feel like. Yeah, but that ending could have been anybody. Yeah, yeah right. And no, I, I agree. I just saying, no, I, I can see what you're saying. Cause you know, her parts were not, not that they didn't need to be there, but they definitely felt like, um, Maybe he did write the movie and then Margo was like, hey, I'm available. Do you want me to be in the movie? You know, like, and, you know, she, I think she's under contract, right? Yeah. Um, the other, the, the thing is, though, I feel like the Suicide Squad in just the books and the animated movies isn't the Suicide Squad without Harley Quinn. And she's the one member besides, and now obviously, guys, if you don't watch the animated movies like Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, the the characters that keep coming back. Um, she's like the number one. I, I think at one point she leads the whole fucking squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, <clears throat> I, I, I agree that I feel like this was written maybe and, and she, you know, maybe she wasn't available or had a scheduling conflict. I don't think she wouldn't want to be in it. No, I'm not saying it. I, I, just, I think uh, it's, it's more or less. Yeah. I, 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 I do look, see that. I was looking at like the, the characters that we had here, whether, you know, um, 
none of them had been established in the universe before. You know, if you knew the characters, you knew them from, you know, you know, King Shark from The Flash or the Harley Quinn cartoon. You knew Peacemaker because John Cena has only been in that costume now for the last 750 last, last days. years. Um, well, <laughs> uh, let's let's think about it. So Rick Flag returns from the first movie. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but he he's a key part of it also. Right, that he should be. Um, you've got Captain Boomerang. Uh huh. That's the other returning uh, Harley Quinn. And then as far as it goes, that's Amanda Waller. That's that's your characters that return from the original movie. So I, I, what I what I was really concerned with was how are they going to take the first movie and not wipe it clean, but still address the fact that that was a movie. Yeah. Cause that's the issue that you're dealing with now where DC's in this weird limbo with their universe, because me and Mike had joke. We were, we've been joking about it. If you realize 2022 is going to have three different Batman, it's going to have Keaton Pattinson and Affleck all released in movies in the same year. And so it's like, how do you explain this? And you're right. They didn't they didn't beat around the bush like this isn't the same Suicide Squad. They they left from the same um, detention facility, you know, the same area. It wasn't like they moved it to like a different thing. It looked like the same sets. It was kind of, you know, he James Gunn did what he needed to do to give respect to what David Ayer had created or tried to create while moving a story forward by, like you said, including all these things. And I think that's always the key about like, don't recast, don't recast the Amanda Waller. Don't recast no. um, Rick flag, because the fact is once you do that, people are gonna be like, what happened to the last one? Yep. What was wrong with the last one? You're calling them failures now. So the fact that he was able to kind of, like you said, mix the 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 two films together with whether you liked it just or a, not just a soft reboot and a, a soft reboot in a way of like making it seem like a sequel but really not and and i think that was the best way to do it because they could have went the route like you said of recasting and it just it would have been painful and and in all reality joel kinnaman was awesome as rick flag he was one of the better parts of the first movie same thing with captain boomerang i mean like so there were there were certain characters that i just and, and viola davis as fuck amanda waller is perfect like yeah. uh, she couldn't be any better uh, of you know as amanda waller so um that was that was a concern for me you know going in like okay are they going to explain the first one or are they going to just going to kind of gloss over it and i think they did a, the great uh, you know you know i think Harley has that interaction with Captain Boomerang in the in the helicopter, talking about I, well, why are you back? Well, I had some parking tickets or yeah, whatever. She said. should I had road rage, yeah. <laughs> which is straight from Birds of Prey, and I think that's awesome that like they mentioned the first mission, not like straight up, you know. Uh, uh, who are you? I'm Captain Boomerang. Well, I'm Harley Quinn. Nice okay, to meet you. Nice, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and yeah, the the whole they they at least built off of the. F- the fact that like Rick Flag and Harley having a, a relationship, you know that that wasn't this first time running, and it, and they seem to do that with a lot of the characters. Um, that you know the, these weren't these guys' first mission. They didn't yeah. go pull them out of you know um, some random jail cell, and they're like, "Well, what is this?" Oh, it's like no, you know the deal. You get ten years off, or you 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 in you out. All right, yep. let's go. Um, oh, your head can explode. Oh, your head can explode. Bottom yeah. line, done. You know, don't don't spend time re-explaining that Bruce Wayne's parents died in a yeah, fucking alley. Yeah, I, I don't need to see that for the nine thousand. Uh, you know, time. Toby Toby McGuire got bit by a spider too. Uh, um, wait, different, different. That's well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> different universe. Um, so yeah, so I, I definitely I liked how they did that. Um, I enjoyed that. I, uh, that aspect of of not really glossing over, but but making sure that we, you know. Hey, by the way, this isn't a continuation of the first movie. It's just different. Yeah, and and it was different. Oh yeah, for sure, one hundred percent different. What, what you're dealing with, like I said, is, is a genre mix. Um, in, in this movie, that you're not going to get your typical superhero movie. Um, the way I've been explaining it to people, Ryan, and let's let's see if you feel the same okay, way. Okay, yeah, because you haven't told you haven't told no, me. No, no, no. Like I, I try to keep my opinions to myself because I know we're doing this, and I don't want to sway anybody else's opinion. I also like when you tell me and like on air, so I can get my natural reaction. Natural reaction, not like oh, when he says this, I'm gonna go. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna fake it. <laughs> like orgasm. Yes. Um, so what I saw here was um, a superhero film. Mm-hmm. I didn't with a Vietnam film. 
tied in with a kaiju film, <laughs> tied in with a zombie film. I mean, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think the Vietnam film definitely has that. It has that old school. Um, it's, it's like it's like First Blood Rambo type yes. fucking death and violence. Yes, the platoon, like platoon yeah. style, like you know, over the top deaths that are gruesome, but also very realistic kind of, you know, I also think one of the things that I I think gets lost in superhero movies is just how brutal like superpowers can actually be. Um, to the point where like, I'll just use one example, like the one character that not a lot of people know, polka dot man. Uh Okay. In, in the comics, what a joke. It's, it's a, a twister it, board. It, 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 he's a twister board. Like it's a joke character, but they add some real depth to him when he actually melts someone with his polka dots. And when I say melt, guys, I mean straight up melt. Yeah. Um. Uh, like it, it, again, if you haven't watched it, Mike had asked me, "He's like, hey, can I watch this with my son?" No. And I'm like, no, it's rated R. There's titties, there's dick, and there's gruesome fucking deaths. Gruesome. You know. And so if you don't like any of those three. You probably shouldn't be watching this. Because- I, I, I almost want to be like, you know, okay, let, let's just, I, there's going to be, I'm going to say a spoiler. I'm going to say a spoiler now. Fuck it. You see dick. <clears throat> well, I yeah, said yeah, it. Well, well, it's there, shocking. There's a um, dick. Guys, within the first 10 minutes, someone's face gets blown off. And oh, when I fine. say, when I say blown yes. off, I mean straight blown off. And, 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 and if you hate Pete Davidson, you should watch the first 10 minutes. <laughs> you should watch the first 10 minutes. You know, spoiler alert. Um. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and what they did with that, that piece of it, you know, that, that, that gruesome death, that, that storming the beach type scene was established that not only are there risks, that they're going to take those risks and they're going to fucking, something's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that the, he established that this isn't, you know, uh, like you said, Slipknot trying to climb away, which, you know, David Ayer was just trying to recreate the comic book um, where he tried to get away in the first scene. And then yeah. he gets dead. But you didn't see Boomerang. You didn't see anybody else even come close to that. So it, it, he established a tone right there at the uh, beginning. That, yeah, so I, I, I got to tell you, so so. Are we are we just gonna do spoilers? Are we just say fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, I, I knew people were gonna die. Let, let, let's be honest. It's a Suicide Squad. People are gonna die, right? I did not see that opening scene coming at all. I thought a couple people would die. That was unbelievable. And the the initial joke with Weasel, I was dying, laughing. Oh, yes, and and and. and- you know, we can get into that side of it yeah, a little it, bit later yeah, because there, just, there is humor in this throughout and it is smart humor and pretty funny. Um, you know, things that will catch you off guard kind of in like the way probably listening to me and Ryan talk sometimes do. But like when you watch it the second or third time, you're ready for it um, type of thing. And you're just kind of like smirking. <laughs> um, but that opening scene and, and which kind of has been spoiled through a lot of the trailers. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything that you've seen where they're storming the beach is the first 10 minutes in the movie. And there you realize there's consequence and they do a good job of kind of introducing the characters. Kind of going through what their powers are, you know, or at yep. least showing them off yep. or how ridiculous some of them are. <laughs> and then, um, killing people yep yeah you know and and legitimately uh there was times when i was just like uh, you know if this is one of those ones where if you know too much you kind of like oh that ain't gonna happen but like there was times where i was like oh shit is this is it for marco robbie yeah you know and you know obviously she survives because she's margot robbie and she has like a six picture film deal yeah and well she's also probably one of the most popular characters ever so yeah, um, the only successful one they've done lately. Yeah, I um, the thing that really th- threw me off about that was that n- no one was really safe. Um, like I- I'm going to tell you beforehand, I, I never would have thought that Captain Boomerang, like the-, the the thing. So as a 
as a fan, right? And I know what it takes to create these costumes. To create a costume for a character that's in a movie for like seven minutes in my head just blows my mind because I know what it takes to make these things because Bob and you and I used to, you know, do costumes and stuff. So seeing a professional grade movie create a costume that costs thousands of dollars and then the, the character isn't in the movie for more than 10 minutes is mind boggling to me. Like, I don't know why that bugs me so much, but it does. And then I sit here and I go, you as a actor, like, let's just say Jai Courtney, right? Guy had a, obviously one of the bigger parts in the first one, right? Then again, one of the more successful characters. For it, the first it, one. Exactly. One of the more successful characters, one of the characters that, is technically had a shot at being in the Flash movie, right? Like, in all reality. And because he's part of the rogues gallery. And because I think they announced Captain Cold, right, for the Flash movie? Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I have no clue what they've done. I've I'm avoided sure, all that. I'm pretty sure. Well, I, I know they didn't announce who it was, but they did say he was going to be in the movie regardless. But um, so I thought, okay, well, this character can't die because there's a Flash movie coming up and he kind of has to be a part of it, right? Like at least in my opinion. And then he takes a helicopter to the face. So there's just, there was, they created James Gunn created a sense of like, no one's safe here. And through the whole movie, I felt like at any moment, any of the characters could, could get killed except for John Cena's peacemaker. Cause we know he has a TV show on HBO. So that wasn't going to happen, but you never know. Um, but yeah, so I, he felt like there, there were stakes because I felt like in the first movie there was stakes, but then it's like, well, they kind of need the whole team to complete the fucking mission. That's why I think he doubled the team so he could off half of them anyways. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you're dealing, yes, you're dealing with that many. And I, and I always wonder if people were worried about going into this as like, oh shit, they had that many characters. They just knew he was going to off a bunch of people, you know, that, that no, like you said, nobody was safe in this. No. When we get to what ends up being the true Suicide Squad, James Gunn uniquely told the story, the background of these yep. people yep. Um, in, in a a different way than we saw before to where it was just like, you know, if you remember from the first movie, because they never established this team before, they would go in and they'd be like, well, this guy does this and blah, 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 and you would get the background of it. Now, each character that ends up, you know, being in, you know, what I'll call the true Suicide Squad, you know, throughout the majority of the movie, you get enough of them fleshed out through this. And this is where some of that humor that, that starts coming in and, you know, Amanda Waller is going person to person and being like, I need you for this team blah, blah, blah. I, everybody has a unique skill set. And then, <laughs> you know, you find out that they have duplicate skill sets and, you know, and it, and they, and, and, and there's some back and forth and the briefings and, and, and things like that, that are the humor that these movies need, not the necessarily like what they forced into some of the previous DC movies yeah. where it's just like, Ugh, I guess I bleed, you know, or whatever the fuck, you know, douchebag Joss had uh, Batman say, yeah, you know, they, where they're like, oh, we need more humor. We got to do this. It was like, no, these are like real conversations of like real either, you know, macho men, alpha males talking back I, and forth I with mean, each other. I mean, and, and, and I, James Gunn wrote those humor scenes. They were acted wonderfully. And honestly, they get, you know, shockingly enough, this was the first time John Cena hasn't been John Cena to me. No, I, I, the, so that was the, that was the thing. And that, a lot of it was the back and forth between him and Idris Elba. Yes. I, you know, in those humor moments. I, I, I definitely think this is the first time I've seen him in any type of acting role where I was like, holy shit, he's Peacemaker. Like he, he created a character, he played a character, he was the. I had this feeling of like this guy was a military soldier who would do anything for his country, no matter if it meant shooting. You know, he literally I needed says a it. bunch of dicks. Yeah, like I need a bunch of dicks. There'd be no question. He he's even says like he'd kill women and children for no reason, like just to, to for, for freedom for, for freedom. So I I felt this character, 
I mean, shit, dude, in the briefing, when he says, you know, starfish uh, also could mean uh, butthole, uh, you know, like, I, I was just it, like, it, wait, what? It, 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 the delivery and the timing of how it done. And, and you always wonder because, like, John Cena, of course, world famous wrestler, Batista, another wrestler that James Gunn took and created, like, this whole character around in Drax. And he, he, so you had that feeling that he can pull these type of. Yeah acting out of these people to where before it was like, you know, John Cena hasn't been good in anything. No, he really hasn't. He hasn't like we reviewed fucking fast nine and it was like, no, that's not good. You know, and we've seen anything else he's been in. And it's just like, no, that's John Cena and his big fucking Muppet mouth. Um, This was not John Cena. This was not John Cena. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they did do that kind of alpha male back and forth uh, humor. Well, it was that, it, that was going on that that kind of like you're like because he explained the character of Peacemaker as a douchey Captain America. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that if Captain America had a douche side and wasn't all just like, you know, you know, Boy Scouts and like, you know, knots and fires and saving old women and kitties, this would be Peacemaker. And it definitely was. I, I also feel like what complimented his character was the grizzled like veteran slash mercenary that was Idris Elba's character. Mm-hmm. His character was the complete fucking opposite. His character was more Deathstroke, Slade Wilson. I've seen some shit. I don't really give a fuck. I'm just trying to get this mission out of the way, kind of like for my daughter. And and then even still, like there's always that noble, like like in the first movie, Deadshot was doing it for his daughter, right? Like, that was the whole point. And did you think they were copying that same storyline at the beginning? So, at first I did. And then, and when then he's like, fuck you, you got caught. I'm yeah, like, ah. He's screaming at his daughter in prison. And I'm like, holy shit, this is not the relationship I would have guessed. Um, and I was like, okay, that's different. That You know, because there's always that quintessential, I'm doing it for my kids and my family. Don't touch my family. Don't touch my family. Like, I just recently rewatched uh, the Deathstroke, uh, what is it? Dragons and blood and dragon or whatever, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, it's about my son, and it's like Deathstroke. Do it for the kids. I'm like Deathstroke's one of the craziest killing mercenaries in the in the world, and he's like, oh, don't hurt my son. Like, and then this guy's like, you know, fuck you, you. I'm trying to tell you, tell you not to get caught. Like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dad of the year here. Um, but <laughs> I teach you what I know. So I I uh, I really appreciate that. But I get you got a different vibe from his character. His character had seen some shit, right? And he. He played it like he'd seen some shit, and he was almost like rolling his eyes at Peacemaker the whole time. Yeah. It was a dick measuring contest. Oh, it definitely was, and and they definitely had those scenes to where they acted off each other, like the invasion of the village. Oh um, my god, you that know, which is amazing. probably one of the best funniest scenes you'll ever like. You know, funny in that like fucked up type of way. Yes, it was a dark humor for sure. Um, you know, things that you know I absolutely loved about this movie to where. You know, they he they they had that established relationship to where it could have been them two on a mission in this like whole buddy cop era that I want to come back and I would have laughed my ass off because it's like uh, you know, the, the their whole relationship started with, Well, I'm a better shot. How can you be a better shot? I would hit it more center. Why? Because I use smaller bullets. You know, <laughs> and, and they do like all these weird things back and forth. You know, because they're both killing machines and they're both competitive and they're both alphas and they're both leaders. And, and- I, but I also thought it was funny that you, you throw in Rick Flagg, who's also an experienced, you know, character, right? Team leader. And he respects Idris Elba's carrier, character way more just because he's he's worked with him yeah. like before. So it was really interesting, the dynamic of the of the, you know, that the macho alpha, you know, character. But they also had like a different take on each one. And and then you throw in King Shark, who by far might be one of the best characters in the whole movie. It was Sylvester Stallone, if you guys didn't know. Yeah. Uh, nom nom. Like, dude, there's... A, <laughs> <laughs> they did this character perfectly. Um, in, in my opinion, King Shark's such an underutilized character. I mean, we talk about it. We talked about it when we, he was on The Flash. You know, that, that character is such a cool character. And... For them to really honestly nail the character in this movie was really f- awesome because it is he is perfect. Like it, he's like borderline 
I don't want to like borderline mentally challenged, but borderline. He didn't want to say retarded on the air. I'll say it. It's fine. I didn't want to say retarded. Borderline retarded. Yeah. He's a shark. But but, trying to read a book upside down. Upside down. But then did you see what the book was? It was like, like uh, mysticism, uh, space, something. I forget what it was. I, I saw a thing on it, but it's just like, you know, but then there's, there's glimpses of him just going full on. The varieties of religious experience. You looked it up, huh? I have spoilers, or I have uh, <laughs> Easter eggs in front of me um, for later. Yeah, so the, the, I, I, th- that character was great. Ratcatcher, uh, Ratcatcher two, excuse me, sorry. There's the second version of Ratcatcher. Um, was was a it was a good, and then Polka Dot Man. So like the 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 whole dynamic, you know, Polka Dot Man's the guy that you know what was a an experiment, an experiment that you know, was supposed to turn him into a superhero, which fucked him up. And now he, you know, which by the way, that was super dark. I don't know. Yeah. And and we can, let's get into those character backgrounds. Cause we talked a little bit about it before to where James Gunn uniquely kind of did their background stories that it wasn't like the same thing. And it wasn't like this whole long, you know, solo type scenes of like, I'm not going to explain it to the whole group. Right, right. Like me and you are going to be off on a on, on a mission, and they'll be like, "Well, this is because I didn't like this, or my mommy didn't buy me peanut butter." Yeah. Um, you know they 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 did it in unique ways, and you know, and <laughs> polka dot man kind of it, it might be the scariest person on the thing, like on the squad. Yeah, because I, I would agree with that. Like he's mentally not there. Like. You find out that he has mama issues and that he that's what he sees when it's going on. And not only like when he's violent, but he seems to be having fun and then it's his mom. And it's just like there's this whole weird psychological like broken man inside this dude that can shoot fucking twister dots at you. <laughs> that will melt your skin. Yeah. So, you know, they, they did it that way. And then, you know, Rat Catcher, it was just like this scene you know, and, and the way they faded the background of the bus into, you know, yeah. showing Tiki, Tiki Laka Liki. Haika Laka Huka Haika Waka Haku, King Haku. Um, <laughs> you know, as Ratcatcher 1, you know, and, and you see her background story. And, and what you have here is you, you, you see, like, these stories that are mixed up or all these characters that come from different backgrounds that are, are pulled together, that they're not all mercenaries, that they're not all necessarily bad they just been put in bad situations, and you know this is why they are the way they are. It's not because I was a soldier that went rogue or I'm a mercenary for a hire. I was fucked up by my parents. Um, I was a homeless girl, you know, and all these things were were pulled together. Yep. So seamlessly, and like I said, the, you mentioned the whole like we're gonna get like flashbacks. We didn't get that. Nope. And, and we didn't need to see the experiment done on polka dot man see you know how the gamma ray with the twister board you know made him into who he is uh type of situation Uh, they just told the story like and it left it to your imagination let's move on and that's how you keep a like a kind of a a concise movie and you know you're dealing with i think it was like two hours and 12 15 minutes something like that around there something like that you know it was around that early two hour mark of a movie that that the pacing as far as this went was fucking perfect. Yeah. That's one thing I would mention is the pacing is perfect. I never, for a lot of characters for, for, yeah, for a shit ton of characters, you were able to not only give us backstories, but also leave some of it to our imagination, which I think is fantastic. They did that with, with polka dot man where, you know, he has to expel the dots on his body or, (laughs) you know, he'll die. Um, they didn't even have to, you didn't have to do shit for King shark that all you got to say is his dad was a, was a shark God. All right, cool. Um, peacemaker, pretty straightforward. You don't have to do backstory on him. You did a little backstory on Idris Elba with his daughter, uh, Rick flag. You don't need to, they don't do do anything anything on Harley. Don't need anything on Harley. Um, he didn't even need anything on the villains when it, when it came to the thinker with Starro, any of that, you didn't need it. There was nothing. There was no backstory needed, even though they did Starro a little bit, but the whole point, I think Starro was just explained because it's fucking Starro and nobody really understands what the the character is. It's it's the character that the justice league fought on the first justice. 
cover. Yeah. That's what people know it as. It's not like a major thing. Like I said earlier, I, I think that James Gunn brought it in because he wanted to do a fucking kaiju movie. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the, the, the thing is like the, the backstories were done so well that you didn't waste time on the characters you didn't need to. You, you, you didn't waste time on the characters that you did need to. You just were straight to the point. And I think that was the best part about it. Um, you know, and, and, and you, you got a sense of each character was unique, but also, you know, there was characters on the team that, like you said, weren't these hard grizzled mercenaries. They were just people who had bad situations and, and, and some power. Yeah. And some powers that, that would help in the situation of this mission. Um, so it, it was really interesting because I feel like that's a lost thing, um, you know, in these movies and even in the first one. What was the point of putting the team together? What what were the skills that the characters needed to to complete the mission? And I feel like that's a big thing with Task Force X is that they always pick the members based on the mission, right? What 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 do we need for this mission kind of thing? Almost it sounds so stupid, but almost Ocean's 11 style yeah. You know, when they put a team I need together. a small Chinese man to get in this box. Exactly. So, like, there's always a reason, you know, and I feel like they did, uh, you know, they did a good job with James Gunn with the writing, did a good job, you know, with these characters. And I just got to mention, dude, there's two scenes that, that from that fucking uh, when they're attacking the village and they're going back and forth and they're measuring each other's dicks. When John Cena stabs the guy laying there about 67 times, real fast succession, and then he pulls out his gun which I don't know if you guys haven't seen it yet. He's got like a, a, a fucking desert Eagle 50 cal pistol, right? Then he has it, which is a long ass gun to begin with. Then he has a compensator on it, which makes the gun even longer. Then he decides to put a suppressor on it. And the goddamn thing is at least two feet long. And he's like holding it one hand. And I'm going to tell you right now, dude, you have to be a strong motherfucker to hold one of those one handed without that shit on it. So just that scene, I was giggling, laughing the whole time while he's like putting the suppressor on it. I just dying like and I again, I just did not see John Cena this whole time. And it was the it was that's what made it so good. That's what made him so good. Yeah. And um. I, I want to move forward a little bit because yep. James Gunn is known for a couple things. And one of it is uh, he does a lot of his movies based on music. Right. And I was almost shocked that there wasn't more of it in this. Yeah, yeah. Because, just, like, yeah. he himself says that he you know he picks the soundtrack based on the scenes and everything else and it just well, there wasn't like the James Gunn soundtrack that I thought we were going to see like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah the where the songs match the scenes match the scenes or it's something that I want to go look up on iTunes or Spotify to go find to listen uh, you know along or introduce me to new songs that I haven't heard in a while now again I understand that's part of like Star Lord's kind of lore the that they built yeah. you know the mixtape type things I, I honestly was just shocked because I thought it would come in more because I remember people asking him about it now so uh, the the other thing I want to kind of transition to right now is that I want to I want to talk visual effects okay okay so there 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 was slight issues that I saw. Okay. Um, first, the arms from Nathan Fillion <laughs> were like eight feet long when they were bitch slapping everybody. <laughs> and it threw me off like tremendously because like I have a huge wingspan, man. And like you, you ain't dealing with arms that like were as big as the soldiers he was slapping. Like height <laughs> wise, um, th- there was that was the only one that I saw like the, the, the Starro, the Kaiju. And then there was some of like that were kind of iffy with the Harley running demolition scene that I think everybody's probably seen in the trailers Yeah, that it looked off. Um, But, but as far as Starro goes and you know, the makeup and everything that they did for what I'll call the zombie Starros, um, you know, was pretty damn spot on. Uh, when it when it comes to visual effects, yeah, did you see any like major things um, out there? I mean, other than that, and then like the poop stained blood, 
<laughs> like, did you notice, like, every time, like, blood would splatter, it looked like somebody had explosive diarrhea on glass? <laughs> I, did, I did not notice that. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it, like, when they're ripping people apart and, like, you know, we had a bunch of those, like, jump scenes where, like, a face would get slashed and the blood would go flying across the window. I'd be looking at it I'd be like, yo, somebody just had some bad Taco Bell and it was... Um, no, I actually didn't notice any of that. I, I mean... I didn't even notice Nathan Fillion's arms. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that, that scene, I was just giggling, laughing. Like I didn't even pay attention to how big they were just because I was <laughs> like, this is, was I was like, this is, off. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Um, <clears throat> no, I honestly didn't see anything that like really threw me off. Um, I thought Starro looked amazing for a giant fucking starfish in the in the light in light like this wasn't a dark scene they actually they actually showed him it was daylight it was daylight so it looked fucking great i think the practical effects of the fake starros on people are the you know the small starros on people's faces looked really good if we were doing costumes that's what we would just oh, walk dude, around I would, dude i would fucking do that in a heartbeat it would It'd be, be hilarious just be, walk around with it you know it's so hilarious and then just randomly yell things at people this yeah. is comic con is mine um <laughs> I thought that looked great. One of the one of the things that I was really surprised with was uh, Bloodsport's uh, guns. That was probably my favorite special effect. His guns and his mask. Yes, the the mask was fucking sick, dude. I'm not gonna lie because to you. it was hard to see when it switched from practical to the yes. effects when it kind of came down. Yes, and like I didn't notice the helmet until like the second time you put it on that the bottom was a skull. Uh-huh. And I was like, holy shit, this mask is dope. Like, and then I question how he sees out of it, but then whatever, it's a movie. Um, Eventually he can't see at all. It's <laughs> a dome. Um, so I, I, I love that. I love the, when he pulled the, the techno pieces off his, off his suit and like turned them into guns and shit, like super badass. Um, uh, dude, even King Shark. King Shark looked amazing throughout the entire movie. Yeah, yes. Like, looked like a real motherfucking shark, dude. Like, and the scene where he rips the dude in half in the rain. Well, and, and a lot of those, I think, were just like glory shots for, yeah. like, James Gunn. It's like, what do I want to do? It's like, I want to do this, and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, you know. I just, I didn't see anything in the movie that, like, threw me off or was weird or got me out of the movie um it it even like honestly dude the big scene where the at the end where the rats come flying in like that all looked good all of it looked really really convincing and i think that was really what i was looking for was if you're gonna do a movie like this with some heavy heavy special effects um i i never once was taken out of the movie by a weird special effect i just thought they all that it looked really really good i mean fuck dude Uh, There were some scenes I was like, God damn, that looks really real. Like, I was like, that's impressive. I was really impressed. I thought the special effects were great. Now, uh, you can tell that it's a love story for James Gunn when you look at the background character. And some of the things that he paid the details in, you know, especially when we're going through the Bell Reef. Now, you, you, you ready, Ryan? Hit me. Are you are you ready for all of these Easter eggs? How many are there? Um, I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to go through the major ones. Okay, hit it. When he's walking through the two men that they yeah. walk past. Yes. His brother. Do you yep. know who that was? Calendar man. Do you know who the other guy was? I do not know who the other guy that was. That was Double Down. Guy that has the cards implanted in his body. Oh, my. Oh, shit. It is. Uh, the chick. The- with with the, the obvious tattoos. Like uh, in the same scene, I didn't remember. I they're know. walking through, and they're like they walk into the women's section to go get rat catcher. Oh, there, there's yeah. a woman that stands out. I believe that was uh, everybody kept thinking it was like stained glass girl or something. It was like quilt master. Like the, he went through and pulled out like characters. Now <laughs> the other one, and this is a big one. Do you know where they? Do you know where they went? You know the 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 area that they went. Jo- to, Jodenheim. Yes. Uh, uh, well, it's a it was no a, no no the 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 Corto Mal- Mal- Maltese. Oh, 
Uh, the the fiction. I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah. You know what it's from? It's it's from Batman, isn't it? Batman eighty nine. Vicky Vale takes the pictures in Cartel Motis to show off. That's how she got her Pulitzer. Oh. That's a Batman eighty nine reference. God damn it! I mean, th- th- that's how you know that this man focused and paid attention, or is a fan of this stuff that he went through and pulled all these different um, things out there. Uh, to pull it in and and even even just the mention of uh the 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 killing of or the putting superman in a coma with kryptonite bullets it's from a comic yeah like everything is from the comics and it it is just one of those things and the fact that he kind of cast his brother from as calendar man and long halloween is one of the greatest batman stories ever of all time and was one of the ones that they were actually talking about like as ben affleck when he was writing it's kind of amazing. Well, there was there was, a, and then they have the car, the two part cartoon that's out now with uh, Supernatural Buddy um, yeah. being Batman. I haven't watched it yet. Have I you watched, watched it? it? No. Okay. Um, there was a couple other too that were like really on the nose. Um, I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, oh fuck! I'm Did you know say. Mantis was in it? Yeah, she was in the in the um, in the club scene. Club scene. Yeah, I thought I was like, God, is that Palm Clement? Whatever her name is. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it is her. Um, there's a couple other ones, too, like some good ones. Now, um, I want to get into something right now before we go to break. Okay. And it's another kind of Easter egg. Okay. But it's also a major spoiler. Ooh. So if you're not ready, you do what you do. Rick Flag dies. Oh, God, I know. Rick's Flag tragic death. Is from Suicide Squad 26, which they believe he is dead. And he's dead. Oh, I hope that's the case. Just wanted to get that out there for you. Uh, that one hurt. I'm not going to lie. That one hurt. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in 1989, Suicide Squad 26, readers were led to think Flag was killed in the town that I can't pronounce. Porto Maltese? No, the Junior. Jodenheim? Yes. It is a cool nod to an iconic moment, even. If later flag was real to, revealed to actually be alive. I hope that's the case. I like Joel Kinnaman as Rick flag. I think he plays the character very well. Um, I did not see that coming. Um, I thought they'd fight and somehow, you know, but I don't know. Taking a, a piece of plaster to this, to the heart is kind of, I'm, I'm just going off of, you know, this, this, well, there was reference to, Rick Flag dying almost like this in the comics oh. where he came back. Oh. Um, the other thing that they he pulled out was uh, the the Harley vision. Yes, so that that scene when she's running down, murdering everyone, and the butterflies and yeah. flowers and everything that that is a nod also um, that he realized. And I, the weird thing is like when I explain birds of prey to people, I always explain it as like, you're watching it through her psychotic eyes. That's why some of those things happen. Yeah. And I think he almost expanded on that a little bit Yeah. with, with this. Like I thought birds of prey when it came to some of the more acrobatic type fight scenes was her in her fucking mental head thinking that, you know, she's doing this. It's like, you know, us dancing thinking that, you know, we're fucking Justin Timberlake and Chris Brown, but we're looking like unfolding lawn chairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably about as accurate as it gets. So well, the, the, the thing that I, I liked about that was one Margot Robbie did all her own stunts. Y- yes. The scene where she picks the keys up with her t- foot and undoes the lock with her is a hundred percent. And James Gunn was mad because her hair was in her face and everybody's going to think. Yeah. He, he said that on uh, Jimmy Kimmel that he, that she did it and it was surprising and then he went to go check the gate and, you know, review it real quick. Yeah. And her hair was in her face and they couldn't, he didn't want to ask her to do it again because she did it so perfect. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's like that, that whole scene where she's just, I, I also love that they did that for that character because for, for Harley Quinn, I, I'm going to get this out before we go to break real quick yeah. for this character. She is probably the most popular woman character in DC at this point for her to get captured. After she murders the president, which is spoiler alert, it was hilarious. I, I I couldn't stop laughing. 
um, <laughs> uh, for her to escape on her own. And then the scene where they're like, she's standing there like, what are you guys doing? Well, that's all. Yeah. It was so perfectly for her character. So perfect for the fact that she is a badass chick. Like in, in all reality, she's pretty fucking badass. Margot Robbie could make her living off of doing this character because she is adapted to it so well. It, it, the character is, is borderline was made for her at this point. It's kind of like watching, you know, um, it, it's like Chris, you wouldn't recast Downey Jr. or Chris Evans at this point. No, I mean, no, it, it would be it's like saying, uh, let's do a Rambo movie without Stallone. Sorry, can't fucking do it. Yeah. Like, so, or our Terminator movie without fucking Arnold. Yeah, like, they tried. Just, they made they, him a they, Mexican they, woman. They, yeah, they tried. It didn't fucking do well. I still haven't seen that piece of shit. Don't, um, don't, don't ever. Don't, I'm not going to. I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to watch it. Um, I, I would watch the Whedon cut of fucking Justice League again before I would watch <laughs> oh, Terminator fucking Order Levato. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> know what it's called. Going to go with tor- Terminator Order Levato. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> I, I think it was really cool that they put that she he put that scene in there and then just like you said the Harley vision of like you know the the flowers and the and the the uh, the spear fucking you know popping up with an icon like it just was cool and I thought it was really neat and and her character has come so far since uh, you know the first time we see her so uh, I thought that fucking scene was fantastic okay. All right, then. Well, we're going to take a quick break for those listening on your iPods or phones or whatever we listen to these days. Tape decks. Your MP3 players. <laughs> your tape decks and your, <laughs> your eight tracks. Oh, God. Yeah, flip over the record and we'll come back with our final reviews. <laughs> Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, we are back. We've been watching live on Twitch. We really didn't go anywhere. Yeah. If you've uh, flipped over your record, make sure you get that needle in the right spot. Because <laughs> if not, you're going to hear the final number before we do, go. Do not play it backwards. You might summon a demon. Uh, yeah, exactly. You will <laughs> You will bring back the weed and cut of Justice League forever. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um. Remember, port us wherever you are. Rate, review, subscribe. Go to patreon.com. Flash Rainman Digital. Join a tier. Whatever tier you want. The buck. It's a buck. For us. For Circle of Jerks. Yeah. Me and Ryan. The, Ryan and Steve. The best show on the network. Exactly. Everybody loves us. I promise. Well, or they all hate for, us. Except for Reddit. Except for Reddit. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> and anyway. All right. Uh, we're going to do our RMD score here, Ryan. Okay. I believe this was certified fresh. Uh, originally at a 96, I think it's down to a 92. That's still pretty good. What did you give this movie? Um, I'm going to give this movie, I, I went a little lower than a 92. I'm going to give this an 88. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, and, and to preface, guys, I know I'll get a lot of hate for this, but I liked the first movie. So fuck y'all. How about that? You can like what you like. Um, I like the first movie for certain scenes. I, and, when, and you know what? I don't give a shit if you agree with me or not. But... This movie's an 88. I, I wouldn't give it a 92. Um, only, and I really don't think there's much of a reason for it. Maybe that I think the movie honestly could be a little bit longer. Um, there could have been way more in it because I, I didn't want it to end. So maybe I'm just a little nitpicky, uh, but I did enjoy the movie. I talked about it earlier. The special effects were fucking unbelievable. Um, the costumes were fucking perfect. Idris Elba's costume Dude, the whole time I'm watching it, it almost made me like, fuck, I kind of want to make this costume. Like, it just looks fucking cool. Can't uh, take that. You can't do that these days, buddy. I, 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 well, I can wear the helmet. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure as soon as you're a white dude, you're going to get somebody mad at you. Uh, it's probably true. Um, I can't do John Cena. I don't have fucking 44-inch arms. Um, I I loved the the way that John, uh, that, that Gunn did the character development. There was way more character development in 20 minutes of this movie than there was in the first movie. Um, I enjoyed the story. I Like you said earlier, I enjoyed the pacing. The pacing of the movie was perfect. And it was, like you said, a mix of a Vietnam War movie, a kaiju movie, uh, a but some buddy cop shit, and just it was a well mix of comedy, but with some really fucking gruesome shit in it. And honestly, I don't think this movie works as a PG thirteen. This had to be rated R to get the full effect of of the suicide of Task Force X. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I don't even know what rated R is anymore. I like, really don't. Uh, I my my daughter watches YouTube videos, and all of a sudden, I hear like, "Well, fuck that bitch," and it's like little fucking roadblocks things. I was like, "What are you watching? Stop!" Yeah, you know, it's 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 a weird day and age. Violence and nudity is just a weird thing. It's to a way of life of, at this point to give a rated R to anyway. Um. Okay. So yeah, so I, I just I really enjoyed this flick. I know, you know, six months ago I said I wanted this movie to fail, and and but I, I've changed my tune, and I'd say that I'm glad that it did well, and that I hope that it continues to do well. And I will say this: this is a movie I would watch again, and yeah. watch again multiple times because there are some scenes in this that I just think are fantastic, and I want to praise John Cena. In the fact that this might be his best movie to date, I think it he, is his best movie. He's to date. Uh, he's, he's mean, fucking great in this movie. Second is the firefighter movie, Key, Key or Peel or whoever. Um, I don't remember that one. I'm joking. I um, I I think this is he's he's unbelievable in this movie. He's very very good. He takes the peacemaker character and makes it his own. And I don't feel like I'm watching John Cena. As a character, John Cena. Yeah. So 88 for me, I thought this was a, was a really fun movie and I totally recommend it to anyone. If you are a Suicide Squad fan, you will love this movie. Uh, and even if you're not, you might learn something about some characters you didn't know exist. So uh, 88 for me. All right. Now, I, I, I talked about all the good parts. Um, now... I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of this. Okay. Uh, I almost thought that it was too much at sometimes. What, what What do you mean by that? Uh, I you, you talk about the genre mixing. I feel like it was James Gunn and the fact that the fact was we talked about it at the beginning of the show that I, I believe he was just kind of given all his freedom because he was just released from Disney and he wanted all this to go and there was nothing to rein it in. That the, the the weird transition from the Vietnam movie to the kaiju movie to this to that, it was it it was off putting for me at some points to where I didn't know where to. Like it, it was just too much. Okay. And now again, it, it's not anything that's horrible. I I just it wasn't something for me. Again, I'm not a huge like violent movie guy. It's yeah. not like a secret, so and it, and it had nothing to do with the rated R or anything else like that. Because, like I said, some of those scenes, the, the the way it was written, it was it was perfect. The timing of everything was done was perfect. The 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 fight scenes that were filmed from different angles that we hadn't seen before, like the reflection between, uh, but him and flag, peacemaker and flag, and the reflection of the peacemaker helmet. As it's fucking swinging around as they're fighting. Oh, that was super cool. Fucking just beautiful visually. The 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 scene of King Shark, like you said, pulling apart. Beautiful visually. It was just like I said, the the weird transition of for me of going to this Starro thing to this kaiju movie to watching everybody walk down the street for zombies just didn't work for me in some parts. Again, I'm going to end up giving it a 70, which is good on our scale of fucking rating, but it nowhere. And and this is where I wonder, like, because I always differ from what um, Rotten Tomatoes and some of those. Yeah, we're we're never really the the We're we're, we're never on the same thing. And so when I saw 96, I was like, man, this is going to be fucking good. And maybe that raised my expectations a little bit before I actually saw it. I think we've done that before. You know, and and sometimes I always wonder because James Gunn is the, the... the love of Hollywood. 
whether we, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, it, it seems that all these people do nothing but like love James Gunn, and 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 so I always wonder if that that hype train got me expecting a little bit more. Yeah. Again, I'll give it a seventy, and that totals us out as almost almost an eighty overall. A seventy nine. It's still a fucking solid. It's movie. still a solid score. It's just there was some parts of this movie that just didn't didn't work for me and i've watched it twice because i watched it the first time and i was like huh maybe i missed something yeah let me watch again yeah and i was like all right like i saw the same movie again i laughed at the same parts i kind of was like eh, in the same parts and nothing wrong with it it's just not you know if i was to rank it i mean the dc movies aren't necessarily been the best yeah, you know, I would probably put it maybe third or fourth. Yeah, I was, I was you thinking know, about like that. Like the, uh, the Snyder Cut is up there for me. Man of Steel, I like Shazam. So Shazam, yeah. Maybe Suicide Squad is there. Like, it, but it's so weird when you try to rank like the DC type movies because you're like, well, where do I put the Snyder Cut versus the Whedon Cut versus the Extended Cut? Because the Extended Cut of Batman versus Superman's Forty times better than the regular version, and yep. then the Snyder Cut is way better than the Whedon fucking jerk off version. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to kind of you know put well, them in there. And but. then you then you then you think about Aquaman was a good movie, and then you Wonder Woman was was pretty good. The first one, the second one was not very good. Um, but you just you start thinking about them, and then you know Shazam was surprisingly good. Um, so it, it's it's I would say that yeah, this is probably up there for me. Snyder Cut would probably be number one. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Aquaman. I would have put that probably number two and this might be number three. Like I just, I feel like, um, this had, I always like the underdog, um, you know, vigilante type movies. So suicide squad was always something that I was into because I'm always more drawn towards villains anyways, Yeah, just because I feel like villains are more complex and there's definitely, you know, way more about task force X that I feel like, uh, you, you know, it, it introduces people to characters that they'd never think they'd ever see before with thrown in with, you know, your popular villain characters. Right. And um, so for me, I, I always, I think maybe that might be why I gave it a little bit higher score. Cause I do like the vigilante type movies. So maybe that's why, but well, I, I could see where I could see yeah, what you mean no, for sure. Look, I, I'm not arguing with your score at all. You're going to, you're going to like what you like. It, it just didn't work for me on so many, like not so many levels, but enough yeah, levels that enough I had to, to knock ju- it down. No, knock it down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you still yeah. gave it a 70. Like that's not, yeah. there's, dude, I mean, we've shit. given movies forties. Okay. Like, yeah. The last movie we reviewed didn't get a 70 combined. No, <laughs> not even close. Not even fucking close. And, and for two scores, better yet an average. Yeah. So, uh, again, if you guys have watched it, let us know what you think. Um, you know, we're available on all our social medias with, you know, DC on RMD, yep. Critique Revolve on Twitter. Um, you know, find us on Twitch. Let us know what you guys think there. But I think that's going to do it for today's Critique Revolve slash DC on RMD's review of The Suicide Squad. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. And thank you for all our viewers and listeners today. We will talk to you soon. Later. The Corova Milk Bar sold Milk Plus. Milk Plus Velocet or Synthonesk or Drencrum, which is what we were drinking. This would sharpen you up and make you ready for a bit of the old ultraviolence.